dads out there and moms welcome to another episode of the fade you podcast thank you so much for listening follow the twitter at fade you sports subscribe to the pod thanks to some of our friends of the show we do have more listeners welcome if you haven't listened before and so we appreciate everybody subscribing everybody downloading everybody listening we always take the any feedback whatever you guys want us to talk about we are happy to provide the goods my name is matthew james i have Kyle, what did you call us earlier today? The Lovable Idiots. The Lovable Idiots crew with me. <laughs> that would be Kmart and Neil the Bucket Boy. Neil, did you ever get in touch with Dave Sherapan? I I haven't yet, um, but Alex, my buddy Alex, who was out by the other half of the Bucket Boy, um, Mr. $2 Parlay, as we sort of like to call him, Matt, we need to tell that story. Maybe, maybe like on a NCAA kickoff next year, we'll tell that story of Alex coming to Vegas and just going MIA for 45 minutes. I thought he was with a hooker, but that's a different story for a different day. <laughs> that's um, a great idea. So, because um, that was two dollar parlay, <laughs> that was that was too classic. Um, but um, yeah, I think uh, talked, he talked to he talked to Dave uh, because Alex is still on the fence if he's going to come out um, on Friday or Saturday or not. And Dave said told him to to hit him up um, whenever we head over to Circa. So and he'll try to make it out there. So he's usually I mean, I think, you know, you see him. He's posting almost every day. He's taking a picture from a book somewhere. So he's just out and about making the rounds. Just overall real good guy. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see if. We can make it happen. Kmart. You, uh, today was a good day. I hope did everything go well today was today was a good day. Yeah. We, uh, went through the inspection on the condo and that should close on Wednesday and get the keys on Friday and start that process. Beautiful. And in the midst of it, I, I hammered West Ham, over Leicester City and, you know, won a decent amount this afternoon. So it's been a beautiful day. Leicester City, right? I don't know how to say this. You're so betting it. You don't know how to say the name? Words are hard. You know this. <laughs> true Words. true DJ. Yeah, that's true DJ right there is I'm betting the game or I'm betting the sport and I don't know how to say the team's name. And he could have just said I took the red team. Yeah. And that's, you know. I mean, I knew how to say West Ham. <laughs> we'll just quit while we're ahead on that no, one. No one cares about no one cares about the losing team, guys. It's okay. Oh gosh. All right. Well, we want to talk a little bit of college football tonight. Uh, we do have to acknowledge the triumphant return of Dennis, who didn't bet for over three weeks. And I think it was July 26th through August 19th. No action. Yep. And so he comes back. First of all, he texts Chris Duke. He's excited for football. couple weeks away, like, let's go. We're fired up. We're pretty excited for Dennis. And then he just couldn't, he couldn't wait. He couldn't help himself. He had to hammer NFL preseason, which he has refrained from doing 
up until this point. So Dennis doesn't bet for multiple weeks, come back, 0-2, next day, 0-2, 0-4. Dennis, welcome back. Uh, Team Fade Den was very happy with 4-0. And, of course, he goes 2-0 last night. Kyle, against our Niners, who couldn't throw it on target pass and couldn't catch, and Dennis catches with the Chargers going 2-0. What the hell? I mean... It looks solid when we got up 15 to 10 with what five minutes left in the third, and then everyone just took a nap. Pick but, six wiped off the board. Yeah. So, you know, why not? Yeah, I mean, as much as it sucks to lose, I mean, for me personally, I have a separate account where I just fade Dennis. So it just doesn't get in the way with what I do individually. And, you know, 0 and 4. So. I won't lie before the game. I, I was already on the Niners first half, but I also liked the Chargers full game just because I honestly thought the Niners would get up like 14 to six at halftime. And then probably what we saw in the second half would happen because every time these teams play in the preseason, I swear to God, the Niners get up by double figures and then they lose the game outright. Like even though it's preseason, it always pisses me off. So I just kind of, Never really bet this way, but I was like, oh, I've seen this story before. So I went for it. And, you know, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. But that's why you got to bet them all because still four and two, 67%. Um, you know, just don't chase, just fade Den. Watch no the harm there. Yeah. And, you know, just place the bets, walk away, and just know at the end of the year especially in in football you're gonna make a a nice i mean fade them up until christmas and you'll be able to buy christmas yeah. presents guys like, <laughs> yeah. i'm not kidding you know as long as you're as long as you're fading more than like ten dollars you'll you'll make a good amount yeah we're gonna do a dennis focused episode shortly before football season starts and really dig into why Dennis will never be profitable the way he bets. So when you're fading him, because I don't know if he's going to fire any more NFL preseason, he's, he's getting ready to fire college football. That's for sure. What we recommend and what we track every fade den play is one unit. Don't raise units fading him. Don't do any, don't get cute. Don't do any of that. Chase. Don't skip plays. Cause then you might miss losers like last night dennis went two and oh last night good for him congrats still is two and four for the weekend so you might miss but you might miss winners too so you can't pick and choose you've got to just take them all and like kyle said in january at the end of all of this you're going to be up if you fade dennis all right i just i want to make that very clear if you play them all you will be up it's just a, it's not a matter of if it's just a matter of how much and there are reasons that Dennis won't be profitable the way he bets. We'll get into those a little bit later. So, hey Matt, or, or since you know it's just going off Chris, like we know he doesn't have the numbers before last year, but is there a way we can dial up his 2020 just NFL, and then we can also keep track of it this year, just so we can have like a a going forward total just for everybody to see when we do this year in and year out? Can be like guys. This is yeah. what you would do bet a hundred bucks a game fading Dennis. Yeah. Pe- people have asked about more detailed splits. I- I'll be honest. That's not something I really have time or desire to track. I just kind of track every play. 
because what we tell people is you can't pick and choose like, yeah, his football is going to be really bad, but if you're only isolating and only betting his NFL, I don't know. So, I mean, we could in theory, look into that and isolate it by sport, but I just have it overall. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess send it to me because I can create a category probably and filter it. Yeah. So it can filter between college, between NFL, between NBA when that starts. And yeah, that that's interesting. I know some people have asked for that and we just haven't quite done that yet, but for, for year two of tracking, perhaps we can. So that's enough about Dennis. We'll see how much we hear from him again here. Uh, Probably not at all. In the next few days, we're recording this on Monday, August 23rd. We'll probably hear from him with some college football coming up this weekend. So speaking of which, that's what we wanted to spend most of this episode on. Talk about just our approach to college football this season overall. I mean, last year was such an aberration, anomaly, pick whatever word you want. Uh, Things are kind of back to normal this season, but I wouldn't say the season itself is normal at all. And Neil, I think you were going to talk about just how unique some of these circumstances are for some of these teams with lots of returning players. Yeah, I think that's probably the the most unique thing uh, going into this year um, is simply the fact that, you know, last year with COVID that no one. And, you know, NCAA came down and said, you know, that no year of eligibility for these guys would be taken for up for last year. So you see a lot of teams who have, you know, a lot of returning start, you know, starters, 18, 19, 20, um, with the exception of, you know, the, the SECs and the Alabamas of the world, you know, who have three offensive returning starters yet, you know, they're still the odds on favorite to win the national championship again. Um, but you just have a lot of, you know, these, you know, these Mac teams, these mountain West conference teams, you know, the, the conferences and the teams that, you know, don't have NFL drafted players, uh, they're returning a ton of, a ton of, uh, you know, probably upper, you know, upperclassmen because nobody had that everyone gained an, a year of eligibility. So I think it's something just sort of unique if you can find spots early on in the season to where you have, you know, some, some older talent um, who have played together, who have played a lot going up against, you know, there are some teams out there who aren't returning a ton of people, you know, a ton of people, you know, they're in that 13, 14 range, some are even lower um, and trying to pick and, you know, pick some teams off there. I think it's one of those, I kind of have sort of related and Kyle, I think, you know, you can relate like when you get into the NCAA tournament for basketball, you know, you always have this one or two, you know, teams from small market schools who are just comprised of fifth year seniors who have all been playing together and they go on these crazy runs because kids who are 22, you know, can beat 18 year olds. Even if you're an 18 year old phenom, if you're a group of 22 year olds, you're going to play better than a group that hasn't been playing together, um, you know, for more than a season. So isolate some of those again, most, you know, most teams are bringing back a, a large percentage of their teams with that, with the exception, you know, of some of your bigger ones, but there are just some outliers, you know, like a Stanford who's only bringing, you know, 14 returning starters. Notre Dame, I think, was like 13, though it's one of those powerhouse, you know, teams um, that's just going to replenish, you know, talent. But if you can isolate some, um, you know, I think that's one thing to look for. Also, you know, and we're going to get to this because, you know, we are West Coast and we're Pac-12 guys. Um, you know, the Pac-12 just didn't play a lot of football last year, you know, compared to everybody else. We got the late season. Everyone was only going to have a 12, a six, sorry, a six game season. 
And most teams didn't even play that because they were dealing with COVID related issues. Right. So you have a team, you know, like Washington that, you know, played four games, Arizona state played four games. Cal was at four games. You know, they just, they didn't play a whole lot of football last year. So I think seeing how they, you know, come out this, you know, especially if you're playing some of those mid teams, um, you know, versus, you know, Utah's playing Weber state, you know, regardless, they're going to roll. Um, but looking at some early matchups as, you know, teams who haven't played a whole lot of football are trying to get their feet wet um, is going to be unique also this season. And the, the crazy, the crazy thing you say about the PAC 12 though, is five teams preseason top 25. And I think three of those teams you mentioned only played four games and Arizona State top twenty-five. Utah. Kyle, when, when's the last time we saw that? I feel like there's always a handful preseason, but they just somehow they just don't win those first couple games because a lot of these teams, as you see UCLA, they're going to play LSU, so they try to get the bigger market games and they just can't hang. You, I mean UCLA's tip their hat to them. I mean, they've been playing Oklahoma a couple times, Texas, um, you know, say what you want about SC, you know, and the San Jose state, you know, they usually early on before they got good would play BYU schools of that nature, but you got to remember the, the history is USC Notre Dame. And that's just always a November game from last year so you gotta you know kind of remember that out of market game you know when you're going through their strength of schedule but it should be it should be interesting you know to neil's point you know one of my favorite games in week zero i guess we're calling it is illinois i did like them at plus nine it seems kind of silly to talk about it at plus seven but I just want to bring it up because the reason I believe this line is dropped is due to those uh, students having an extra year of eligibility. I saw their quarterback is a six year. They're returning, I think five players on defense in their fifth year. So say what you want. Okay. Oh, they don't have NFL talent, but when you're able to, you know, play with the same team for that long, especially in college going against guys who have just had, you know, off season, say what you want. You know, Nebraska's got a good, good team over there, which is why they're laying seven on the road. But it's it's going to be a tough environment. Uh, Illinois has got a lot to play for. They have a new coach coming in. You know, they're they're going to be up for it because, I mean, who the hell wouldn't? We got fans back in the stands. You know, this is this is everything everyone's been waiting for, and they have the chemistry. Um, they rocked them in Nebraska last year, like 41 to 24 and they've only improved. So I'm not really playing a revenge factor for Nebraska here. They're going to, they're going to hope they can escape on a game winning field goal. Neil, do you think the books know how to price this kind of continuity that we haven't really seen to this I mean I guess the answer would be no because you guys are bringing up a game where you think that there's an edge because of this factor so do you think this is one of those situations where and we've talked about this in other sports where the books are kind of guessing and so 
when you find the books in a position where they're guessing on kind of an unknown, you can maybe find an edge there. And is this, is this a good example of that? It's, I think for sure they're guessing um, because I mean, college football is just one of those, especially in, you know, week one is you, you, you don't know. We, no one's really, no one's seen these teams play since, you know, what is us having a spring game. Um, so there really is an, an unknown. And last year, especially coming off, you know, what they came off of last year where you had minimal games, you didn't have out of, you know, there was no out of conference games. Um, so you didn't get to, you know, sort of pit with the exception, obviously of the bowl games, um, and the, and the college football playoff, but you didn't have those early non-conference games to really pit conference versus conference to see, you know, just how good these teams actually are. Um, and I think you can go out and find, and just sort of, I think they're sort of throwing numbers out. So the one game I, you know, on a diff, if we're going to do a, a week one is, you know, Cal is minus six, they're at home, um, and they're going up against Nevada. Well, Nevada, you know, Carson Strong, everyone's pitting him. He's like the number one quarterback coming out of next year. They, they like, as of right now, he's the top QB to come out. Um, you know, Cal, you know, Phil Steele's book has Cal ranked as the number 62 team uh, in the country and Nevada's 37th. Right. Again, going back to the sort of the, the Pac-12 thing, Cal only played four games last season, um, you know, and they went one in three in those four games. You know, ver- whereas then you have a Nevada team who played nine games. They went seven and two. They got to play in a bowl game. Right. So you have there's a whole nother month of practice that these guys got to you know have together and they returned 20 players. Um, from a team that went seven and two last year, and you're getting six points to go to Cal. Um, I see three and a half. Yeah. Am I blacked? I had Cal minus six. Well, I'll check it. I'll check again. I mean, I know I booked minus six the other like two nights ago. Okay. Yeah, I could be blacked. I don't know. I'm just I'm looking right now. Okay. I see three and a half. I'll get on and check. Okay. Even that, I don't think that I'm not sure Nevada should be laying, you know, should be getting points against this Cal team. Um, like I said, strong 27 TDs to four picks last year, had set completion percentage of over 70%, you know, and uh, go again, going up against a Cal team that just hasn't played a ton of football. These guys, even last year, just didn't play football. You had four games and you had two wiped off because of COVID, you know. There were minimal practices, you know, last year, if you were in that COVID protocol, it was just a really tough, you know, tough year. And I think that's, you know, you can sort of pick it, pick out some spots here where, you know, where you're going to find lines that the books just don't know what to do. Cause in a normal year coming off this, sure. Cal at home minus, you know, minus six, or that makes total sense. I think in this spot, that's wrong. I mean, to, to go with Neil here, uh, I, I mean, either I don't think it matters what this line is. If Neil got six, great. If anyone can still find six, put your mortgage on it. Uh, I see three and a half now, and I, I have to agree. Nevada probably wins this thing outright. So that's a that's a great find and even a better, you know, statements that Neil made on this game. We're going to get some clarity on this line. Let's take a quick break and we'll make sure we have this correct. And then we'll, we'll talk about, is it still worth at this number? So we'll come right back with a little bit more on college week zero, week one. 
Okay, we're back. I think we figured out what's going on with this Nevada Cal line. Neil, what'd you find? Yeah, it looks like it's come down. So I've I I have it booked and played already at minus at uh, plus six for Nevada, but it's come down. It's now three plus three and a half. Um, gotta say, I still catching more than I mean catching more than a field goal. Still, um, I would say this is the right Nevada. Still the right side. Okay, good. Yeah, that, that's one. That's one in the bank. So, uh, Kyle, what do you have? Cook one up for us. Yeah. So, I mean, say what you want to say about me being a USC homer, but I've been going to FC games every home game for how old am I now? God, you're old. Years. Yeah, you're so, old. That's how old. You know this. This start time's at two. That that sucks. Uh, Labor Day weekend. It's going to be hot. It's probably going to be in the 90s. USC's favored. They opened at 16 and a half. I just saw in my book it's 15 and a half. I still say take those points. San Jose State plus 14 and a half at you know the bare minimum. Um, honestly, I even like it down to 11 because air raid offense. Sure. Uh, we can go into last year. San Jose State was seven and zero. Lost their bowl game to Ball State. SC obviously five and zero and didn't show up in their Pac-12 championship game. But San Jose State's an improving team. Um, 2019, they were five and seven, but can't just look at the record. They were actually competitive. Um, you know, they're building something over there. Something you know that that school is very proud of. And SC is not going to just roll them over. They're going to beat them, but they're going to be working on things. It's what SC always does. And the coaching is still the same with Helton. Nothing's changed, whether it's been him at the helm or, you know, the guys 20 years ago. You know, they run the ball more. They take their time. They work on schematics. They don't show their entire playbook um it's just gonna be probably an ugly game I mean even look at last year's game against I think it was Arizona State they opened up at what they were gonna lose up until a onside kick recovery so not that I think it's gonna come down to that but it's just too easy to take these points um I, I, I honestly when I saw that line come out I think a month plus ago I just waited for a book to give me that line because it's just way too many. Um, and if you're an SC fan, you also know we just don't cover. So we'll, we'll, we win, but we don't cover. That's why we've never been in the comp, <laughs> the college football playoff. So take those points. That's definitely going to be my best bet uh, week one. And definitely following Neil on Nevada plus three and a half. I just took that because I didn't, I don't want to lose out on that hook. You like that one, Neil? I do. I, I think if you, especially, you know, if you can get two touchdowns, um, this is a San Jose state team that can put points on the board. So that, that backdoor cover, you know, is always going to, is going to be in play. Um, who, where did San Jose state's quarterback come from? Is he the kid that came Starkle? Wasn't he from, he was an SEC kid, wasn't he? I honestly don't remember. Transferred over. I mean, the, so the the quarterback that San Jose State, I think he started. I want to say it was like Mississippi State, um, 
so he's certainly, you know, pedigreed. Um, and like Kyle said, you know, they were pretty dominant, you know, last year. Um, so I certainly like that, you know, get, get yourself two touchdowns and get them early. Neil, you got one more in the cooker? I got one more and this one, mom, this is for you. Um, so mom's going to be happy with this one. It sort of, again, going along the same theme, uh, teams that didn't play, you know, sort of fading some Pac-12 teams early on the season. Um, this one's going to be just is fading Stanford. So uh, I just checked the line. This is still accurate. Kansas State minus two and a half against Stanford playing in Arlington, Texas. Um, so it's a neutral site. Stanford, again, had six games that they played last season. They are only returning 14 starters. They're going to have a new quarterback after Davis Mills got drafted. Um, I think the big thing for me with this is that Kansas State gets uh, Skylar Thompson back. And, you know, Skylar Thompson got hurt last year after the Oklahoma game. And this is a kid surprisingly, like this even surprised me. This kid has beat Oklahoma twice. So the last two years, he has beaten Oklahoma. So Kansas State beating Oklahoma twice. Um, the very next game after he beat Oklahoma, he goes out with an injury. Um, he's back. Um, you know, they return 10 people on, off, on offense, 10 offensive starters versus, you know, going up against a Stanford team that is sort of in a rebuild and sort of in a find yourself type mode. Um, this is just one that, that I love. It's a 9 a.m. kickoff time. Um, playing down in Jerry's world. So you have a West Coast, you know, Stanford team that's traveling, has to be up and ready to go at 9 a.m. I, I don't even have to lay a field goal with Kansas State, who I think is hot, you know, going to be hot and have a very good year. Uh, I'll take that all day long. So that one's for you, Mom. This line, <laughs> this line looks like it was all over the place. Am I seeing that this was like – they opened up as underdogs, I think. Well, it's like it was. It looks like it kind of opened around like pick Kansas State minus one. It kind of went back and forth between that and pick, and then it looks like it got all the way up to Stanford minus two at various points. Yeah, that's what I remember hearing. And now, as of like, yeah, just last week, it went through zero and flipped back to Kansas State one and a half. Now Kansas two. Kyle, what's up with the line move here? Like, what are what are p- people thinking they're seeing, and why is it moving like this so much? Uh, probably a lot of what Neil said, but not, not not. I'm not saying this about Neil, but just other people's just not enough thought into it. I think what Neil said was right on point with you know what's going on with Stanford as well as Kansas State. I mean, Kansas State last year seemed very inconsistent, so they probably just saw the matchup, saw that it was a pick and just started dumping money on Stanford. But when you actually look at the matchup and breaking it down, and not to mention – I'm glad Neil touched on this because I wanted to cut him off, but a 9 a.m. kickoff Pacific rough. time. Like, it's I rough. know it'll be, it'll be, what, 11 in Texas? But either way, like, Stanford's not used to playing 9 o'clock games. And there's a reason why when you train for a marathon, they tell you to train at the time that it's going to start. It's so you can be used to those conditions, the environment, and just so your body gets acclimated to the time because a lot of people aren't morning people. So you, you want to get your body, you know, 
up and running at an early start. Hence the 9 a.m. kickoff for Stanford. It's That's what makes me love that line. I mean, minus two, K-State should win this thing by a touchdown. And Stanford's going to need some luck, in my opinion. You know, and it's probably going to be a hostile environment for them. I can't imagine a lot of people from Stanford are going to travel to this game. And I think, Matt, to, Matt, to your question, Nicole, like I think in part of it says, again, a, a sort of mistake by the books that you just read Stanford, right? Like I think you're opening a game and you just say Stanford versus K-State. And in a game like this, you know, Stanford is going to be the public team and the public opener, right? Like just Kansas State's just not there. I mean, they're not pulling any anything versus seeing a name like Stanford. But then once you actually get into it, then I think you realized or, you know, you see sort of what side and what, you know, player, what the teams are returning, et cetera. And, you know, it moves all the way. I, again, if this was more than a field goal, I may not like it, but under a field goal, K-State. Good stuff. It'd be interesting to see if the, if there's any sharp action on Kansas state, like you guys are saying and pushing that number even closer to three, be interested to see any other ones, just kind of rapid fire around here at the end that you guys want to toss out there. I can real uh, quick do a small handful of season win totals. Yeah, let's hear them. Okay, first, Notre Dame under nine. So this is go look at their schedule. It's brutal. They only have nine returning starters. And somehow, I don't know how, but they play like six teams who are coming off their bye. It's the craziest craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, So Notre Dame the public team under nine um byu under seven okay has anyone seen their schedule did you know that byu joined the pac-12 it's a joke because they play they have six games against the in the inside the pac-12 um this year they got to develop a new court you know they got to develop a new quarterback after wilson's gone um only 11 players you know on the whole team that are returning their their schedule is going to be brutal because, and they're not the easy Pac-12 teams, by the way. Like they've got Arizona State, they've got SC, they've got Utah. Like they're they're at Washington State. Like it's a, if you were a Pac-12 team, this would be a rough um, <laughs> schedule to to try and go through. Um, a smaller one, Liberty. If you can find Liberty over nine so liberty is an independent i you know a couple of my books don't even have it at all like they don't have it as a team at didn't have even price the total but liberty at nine they went 10 and one last year um you know q freeze is doing a really good job as a coach they play ole miss which was his team um so I, liberty over nine I worst case scenarios they go nine, but I think it's another ten and one season um, with one loss on the board. Kyle, who's the poop team of the Pac-12 this season? Oh, who's the team uh, Chris Duke's going to be on? Shoot, man, Arizona. I mean, Arizona is not going to be very good. Oregon State won't be that good. Uh, UCLA is going to be laughable at times. <laughs> Um, Cal will be interesting, but I mean, honestly, 
it's it's probably those five teams. Like a better question might have been a sleeper. So, I mean, obviously, and that's where I think that K-State line comes from is I think a lot of people are going to be looking at Stanford just because of the pedigree there. But, yeah, I mean, apart apart from, honestly, USC and Oregon, I think it's going to be kind of rough for the Pac-12. Um, so I pray to God those two teams stay healthy and luckily they don't play each other. So hopefully they can both be in a position for that CFP because that conference <laughs> needs it so bad. I was going to uh, say the one in there five years and yeah. both times they've been there have been steamrolled. Yeah. And I Sucks to say out loud, but I, I mean, I still don't think talent-wise this year either team is, you know, capable of, you know, making a run. I was going to say the one thing we know about the Pac-12 is that these teams will kick the shit out of each other all season long yeah, and create, I mean, it's just, that's just what the Pac-12 does. They cannibalize each other. So I mean, at least good to know that they don't play each other and they'll, in theory, have a shot. We'll see. Yeah, like barring injury, SC should start 5-0. and and then they it gets pretty tough. They got at least they're at home against Utah. Then they have to go to South Bend, but then it's kind of easy. Arizona, ASU, Cal, UCLA. So could be a ten and two year. Um, you know they'll be tested in early mid October. That's that's where their season is in. So they got five games to show who they are and take care of business, and then they can you know cruise control to the end. But. We all know, easier said than done. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed our little bit of college football preview here. Of course, we're going to be talking college football throughout the season. But just to recap real quick, we had Illinois. That's this weekend, right? Is that on Saturday? Saturday, yeah. And Kyle, people missed the nine. Would you still grab it at seven as long as it's seven or higher? I'll buy it at seven. I think it's going to be a very close game. So we had Illinois plus seven that we talked about. And then for next week, for week one, we had Nevada three and a half, grab the hook, uh, San Jose State 15 and a half, and then K-State minus two, honestly, anything less than a field goal. Good stuff, you guys. Yeah. Let's go. It's well, football season, guys. Get excited. Football, guys. There's going to be a lot of poop. If you're fading Dennis, you're going to have to take poop. Trust me, Dennis is going to be on a lot of Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma. Uh, just get ready to be, unfortunately, backing some pretty sorry-ass teams. So, Kyle, just remember, remind everybody what happens sometimes when you've been on poop. You just might get poop. Yeah, 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 yeah. is fade you yeah 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 fade you fade the fuck out of you